Bonjour et bienvenue to another episode of Feminist Fridays. I am your host, Sarah Liberty, recording from Paris. And this week we have some double trouble for you. That's right, we have not one but two sexperts as our guests this week from Melbourne, Dr. Janet and Ella Hall, who are a mother daughter expert duo who offer a variety of sexual therapy services from their practice together. We'll be talking about sexual empowerment, expression and the power of pleasure. So this is one episode you do not want to miss. To kick things off today I'll be playing No Panties by Trina which was recorded in 2002 and written in collaboration with the one and only Misdemeanor or Missy Elliott. And you may keep your panties on or off during this segment, but this is a song that is all about a woman who is Claiming her own sexual empowerment. No panties coming off. My love is gonna cost. Ain't no way that you gon' get up in this for free. No Look, boo, what the deal? You got my cash for you roll up in here. I know you be packing a steel, but I can't give you brains to get my lipstick smeared. Look, Claire, don't be grabbing my brains. You got some cash, then I'm easy to persuade. This ass season sauteed. Mockingbird, but such a spread on the water bed. Now give me some 
I'm the baddest chick now. Dr. Janet and Ella, thank you so much for joining us today for Feminist Fridays. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. I know it's taken a little while for us to get here, but you're here now, so I can't wait to talk about your areas of expertise. You are a mother-daughter duo who have teamed up to become sex therapists. That's an Australian first, isn't it? And quite a unique combination. How did that come about? I understand you both have quite different approaches to working with your clients. Um, yes, yes, Sarah, I've been a clinical psychologist for over 40 years and, and specialising in sex therapy for 20 years. Yeah. And um, the way that we're taught to be uh, sex therapists is very much about helping people change their thinking. And I was working with so many women who would on paper or to my face seem to have changed their thinking from being, you know, fearful or anxious to being more confident or even to look what one girl was trying to learn to have an orgasm. And after a year of coaching her, I was just so frustrated because she just couldn't let her body surrender to pleasure. So meanwhile, Ella, Ella had been training um, and working in the area of tantric sex and I was hearing about these major changes in, in women who did so easily under her coaching surrender to orgasm. So I, I, I said to her, look, Susie, this client of mine needs you and it was over to Ella. Is that when you realised that you wanted to work together, when you realised that, you know, with your powers combined you could help your clients to reach pleasure? That's exactly right, Sarah. So basically as my abilities started to come online and I was liberating my own pleasure power, as we call it, I started to introduce these concepts to Jan and she started to see the validity of them for herself. So at the age of 65, um, for her birthday, I got my mum a Yoni massage and sent her off, not to me because I'm her daughter, I'm too close, but to another practitioner who's deeply in integrity that I know and love. And my mum for the first time had her first full body orgasm at the age of 65. So after that, yeah, Jan was like, okay, I, I see that this thing has you know, this is more than your mind. We are so much more than our mind. We have a body, a mind, emotional body, and an energetic body. And Tantra is a way to biohack all of those bodies and bring them into alignment in your pleasure, in your power. And mum had a taste of it. And then she was like, from experience now, she could go back into the world of her head clients and say, you know what? All the thinking in the world has got you here, which is a fantastic place to be, but now you understand you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. So, Ella, take it from here. And that's when I'd introduce them to more of a holistic approach to sex, sensuality, intimacy, values, all of the above, living an extraordinary life from the bedroom to the boardroom and beyond. Wow. So with your powers combined, you bring about sexual pleasure. Yeah, and mum basically gets people ready for me. So their their heads have to be in the right space to even be willing and open to exploring this other world, the world of the more. 
and that's why we when uh, we recorded five videos in our uh, pleasure power expert series which are all about the the, the ways that our society has um, badly educated us around sex and ha and all the, the the poor mothers who never had any permission to be able to educate their daughters and didn't have permission or knowledge about how to do that for themselves or for their daughters and it was really beautiful how me as the daughter got to liberate and educate my mother so that yeah we both now really help mothers and daughters have these incredible connected conversations that are real raw and authentic about sex about permission about knowing and understanding and trusting your own yes and your unashamed no working with the body not against it that kind of thing what are some of the reasons that people come and seek out your services to begin with? Well, mostly I get uh, men who want to have a magic wand, you know, like Viagra is supposed to be a magic pill. Uh, can hypnosis um, be a magic pill so that they can perform? Uh, for instance, that they might have premature ejaculation where they're ejaculating too quickly or difficulties with getting it up, keeping it up. And uh, that's the male problems. And for women, uh, women who can't orgasm or my absolute, you know, passionate issue is women who have painful sex and who are not getting the correct diagnoses mm. by doctors um, or even physiotherapists and who really need to uh, to learn to, to talk to their yoni, um, their their vaginal, the, the vulva, the, all of those bits and tell the pelvic floor how to relax. And for me, it's probably, I, I say that I love to work with the busy men and women of the world. And what that means is we're busy in our head, Sarah. We're, we are so stuck in our head. We've disconnected from the body's wisdom. So they're stuck and blocked in claiming their full permission, their pleasure, their power. Um, meeting them from that holistic point of view is just, as I said, it's biohack technology, right? Because we're working with the body. Every cell in your body has a memory. We're working with the mind. So we're reprogramming and repatterning our mental, cognitive, neural pathways. We're working with the emotional body. So we're releasing stuck and blocked emotions that are stored in the cellular memory and in, in our energy centers called the chakras. And we also work with the greater energetic body. So we really feel deeply present still oneness you know and right now on the planet with this craziness going on this is where it's at this is what people need to reconnect to so i know that you're both passionate about sex education and dr jan in your first email to me you posed the question what did your mother first talk to you about sex and that got me thinking because my mother actually didn't. I come from quite a conservative um, English family upbringing and we didn't really discuss emotions, let alone sex. So I actually had to ask my mum for the sex talk, which was a little awkward, but, you know, it was already being taught at school and I was reading Dolly magazine and I was mm. talking about it with my friends. So I guess, you know, one of my questions is when do you think it's appropriate for parents to talk to their children about sex? 
Well, I think it's something that children should grow up with, the idea that uh, you, you must respect your body and other people's body. Um, there's a beautiful little book for two-year-olds called Everybody Has a Bottom and uh, has the pictures, <laughs> pictures of, um, of what, what your bottom does for you when you sit on the potty. Um, and, you know, right from that, that age, we should be talking to children about um, a personal safety, um, about uh, uh, pleasure in touch, um, but also about um, when it's right to, um, to expose your body or to have anybody else touch you. Now, then coming all the way down up to when a young woman, for instance, a young girl, um, is, is to menstruate, well, mothers should be able to, to talk to them about that and, uh, and help, help, help them accept that, that it's, it's a real um, gift uh, to to actually begin to bleed, um, and then mothers should be able to talk to their daughters about using contraception if necessary. Yeah, yep. so. Sarah, we created Women's Pleasure Power to educate and give permission and a voice to all mothers and their daughters to understand how to have really beautiful, healthy, and empowering conversations about sex. Um, I mean, I mean, I think when I was three, you walked in on me self-pleasuring and we had the first conversation then. You said, with no shame, Ella, we, do, we don't do that in front of other people. And I said, can you leave the room then? <laughs> That's a true story. I love it. Well, speaking of self-pleasuring, I actually read recently and in a very, very academic journal not it was actually Grazia magazine but I read that um the the UK is the country that masturbates the most do you happen to know the statistics in Australia regarding that no we're not doing research on those those issues and right. and let's face it most people are so uncomfortable about even talking about it with their mother or their, or even their best friend. Why on earth would they tell truth if the truth if they were in a survey? So surveys are really just an indicator. And if it was in Grazia's magazine, I think maybe they made it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it got my attention anyway and it did get me thinking. So what about your thoughts on sex education in schools and when when is this appropriate and where is the sex the education curriculum at right now because I I think my memories of high school sex education and I went to an all-girls private school was basically during a phys ed class and we were taught how to put a condom on a banana and yeah. being told not to get pregnant, and that was pretty much it. The current model is broken. It's broken. We're getting taught sex ed, unfortunately, through an old filter with all of these myths and dogmas, which are stories and rules and conditions and shaming that come generation through generation. Now look at the look at the world we live in. It is evolving so rapidly. So this is what Jan and I live for. We don't believe in dogma or rules. What we believe in is education because with education, the right education, healthy, empowered education, we are free to then make the best choice for ourselves in that moment. Now our choices aren't right, wrong or indifferent, but they do define who we are and who we ultimately become. Yeah, we actually have created a video called, um, you know, Busting 
sexual myths, mm. myth-busting sex. Mm. And uh, this goes through and gives really beautiful real-life examples of mm. women that bought the shame story or got told, just don't get pregnant. You know, we really want to liberate people from that and, and give both not just women but also the men that love them the understanding as to the whole spectrum of pleasure, power and sexual liberation that comes from really knowing what is you know, what is true about sex right now because knowledge is power and clarity is power amplified. So if you have access to, I guess, you know, the government's education curriculum, what, what might you do with the magic wand or how might you approach changing it? Well, first it? of all, first of all, you need to educate the educators in yeah. a way that they would be comfortable to talk openly. Correct. Um, I mean, really in the last, say, 20 years, um, I've known that through schools, um, at least 50% of teachers request that they don't teach the sex ed because they can't be comfortable with it. So, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest issues. Um, and then, of course, because we are so, so, so diverse um, in, in our backgrounds nowadays, particularly in Australia, which is such a melting pot, then you have, you know, so, some, some people of various religions saying they don't want this, they don't want that. Now, that puts more pressure onto mothers and fathers. Mm. And um, I wrote a book, Sarah, called Sex Wise, Everything yeah. Parents and teenagers, teenagers Should Know About Sex, 20 years ago. And um, and it did not sell because the teenagers then wouldn't have bought such a book, but the parents wouldn't buy the book either. And I was so cross because that book was really all about um, the right reasons to have sex, the right time, the right person, the you know the the right motivation. Um, and I, I'll still stand by all of those principles. The other thing, Sarah, is because the right education isn't readily available, our youth of today are turning to porn. It's a click away. It is absolutely prevalent. So they have this really warped idea of what sex is, which isn't based in truth or reality. As mum said, we need to educate the educators and we need to come from the worlds of clinical meets holistic they need the fundamental understandings about the who, what, when, where, why, how the body works, all that jazz. But then they also need the energetics. They need to understand intimacy and connection. They need to understand their feeling body and their sensation body as well as just their mind. It's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned pornography because I did want to ask your views on that, I guess the good and the bad. From the porn I've watched, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time doing it, but, you know, it's primarily, it's online, it's shot from the male gaze, and there's generally just lots of women with women with no body hair shown in submitting sort of positions. So I see this as problematic um, because it doesn't portray gender equality. Do you think that there should be more ethical porn? And if it exists, where can I find it? <laughs> well, before I'll get Ella to tell you about that because there is, and I also want to um, to, to um, say that there's been a lot of research on, on pornography in the last 20 years which has shown that it's now promoting that male dominance model um, and and a lot of these, so, so hang on, an important statistic is that the average age a young boy first 
proactively seeks porn, that is, he's, he's actually seen it, it's been shown it, maybe even as at the age of eight, but from the age of 10, he's watching porn and as soon as he can get an erection, he'll do what I call watch and wank. Now, the researchers, yeah, that's what I call masturbation, the researchers have found that these young men are turning up at 18 to 20, even in their early 20s, having never had sex with a real girl and believing that he has to be that porn star and absolutely so terrified he can't even try it. And they're losing their erections. Yeah, it, it really, when I'm working with people and I've got a number of amazing men um, that I've worked with over the years who have been deeply addicted to porn, like it's taken over their lives. It is an addiction. It's as addictive, if not more so, than crack. It actually does the same thing to the brain as crack cocaine. Um, it changes the neural pathways. It does completely debilitate a man from being connected to his heart. So it rewires the nervous system. So then for, he's not just addicted to actually the watch and the wank, as mum calls it, but he's also addicted to the novelty. So the type of porn over the years that he watches gets more and more outlandish out there. He needs more stimulation yeah. to do the same thing. Now, that said, as I said to you before, I don't believe in rules. Okay, because we all inside of us have an inner rebel and it's going, fuck you, don't tell me what to do, pardon my French. <laughs> so what, what we want to do is, okay, if you choose to watch porn, it's a beautiful, empowered choice. Be really present and intentional about the type of porn you watch, when you watch it, who you're with, and how you show up to that practice. So I say make it a spiritual experience. There are some beautiful websites out at the moment designed by women this is porn made predominantly for women by other women and it just has a different flavor as you said most of the time porn's looking through the eyes of the man which means that think about a, a man's energy it's does that make sense to you it's that hard fast wham bam thank you ma'am it's about the friction-based stimulant ejaculation mm. right mm. or that everybody loves me kind of thing the ego stuff um, women's stuff can be really raunchy and hot too, but there's just more of an element of sensitivity, of connection, of realness. There's more real porn. Something else that I really love, Sarah, is Hegre, and it's spelled H-E-G-R-E. And this is tantric porn. And you can just type in um, free Hegre, yeah, and you'll, you'll, you'll find it on the web. And it's basically beautiful... Um, connected, intimate, oil-based, slow touch. Like you're really going to see two people come together in intimacy and, and you'll learn amazing massage techniques and breathing techniques just from watching. So it's educational and deeply beautiful. Amazing. I can't wait to check that out. Once I've had a few more cups of coffee and maybe got some <laughs> It could be a good, you know, weekend activity for me whilst I'm stuck in confinement in Paris. Correct. Yeah. This is the thing. This is why people need this now more than ever because we have yeah. had the pause button on that world hit just momentarily and now is the time we can actually focus on the things that do bring inner peace, that give us deep pleasure, that allow us to feel connected first to ourselves and then to others. So the next topic I wanted to talk to you about is a little bit different. So I'm actually someone who has survived sexual assault and domestic violence. And as you're, I'm sure you're aware, 
gender-based violence is at a crisis level in Australia. How do you promote awareness of this through your work or education around this? And although this is a societal issue that government, law enforcement, civil society organisations, as well as individuals, need to work together to address what are your thoughts on how sex education could also play a part in stopping this? Well, it's about uh, training those um, empowered, those people, those healthy practitioners, those people in power, um, to 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 not to, to encourage them to to respect the the, the male female um, differences and uh, and and for the man to connect to his heart, as Alice says, if men would learn to do that. Um, then they would they would they would perhaps you know be able to control that rage and um, and to respect but they need they need to be taught those sorts of things you know from from puberty really yeah. so we're talking about a new model of of sex education and Sarah as a fellow survivor myself of sexual abuse one of the greatest liberations that I ever experienced not just in my mind, because that when a woman has been um, hurt or a man, but definitely a woman, her heart gets armoured. We develop guarding and wounding and armour around our heart. Now, the heart is the positive pole of the feminine. You will have heard this. You warm a man up through his belly or through his cock to awaken his heart. So how many men go, oh, she feeds me and I just love her or I had sex with her and now I love her. Whereas a woman, you got to warm us down. So mum and I developed uh, one of the videos is called self-love as self-care because when a woman can totally honour herself, worship herself, has a strong sense of what what she desires, what her boundaries are, what actually gives her pleasure in her body, then she can give herself permission to communicate this in love and that means her full embodied yes and that unashamed no I was telling you about before. Now that sense of valuing for herself, knowing herself, trusting herself more, she will ultimately call in a better man who's ready, willing and able to meet her. And if they're not, she will accept less crap and get rid of him fast. Yeah. Education is power, honey. It's like knowledge is power. So we need to have all of those foundations in place, but then clarity is power amplified. So it's it's more than just to be head smart. You've got to be embodied. And that was the difference that mum experienced when she was 65. She'd read all the books. She's like, I, I came back to her, I said, I do Tantra. And she's like, oh, I've read all about that. I know all about that. And it's like, but you've never lived it. You haven't embodied it. You've never experienced it. This isn't a conceptual thing. This is something that you eat, sleep, breathe, move, live. You take with you into your waking work life. You take it into your family life, into every waking moment of your life. That's what I'm here to teach people. It's like live an extraordinary life, not an ordinary one. Love it. Amazing. I think that sounds like, gosh, a really great combined approach. So as a, I guess from my perspective as well, as I'm a, identify as a progressive human rights academic and a feminist activist, and I'm a chronic rule breaker. So I I believe that sex work should be decriminalised, particularly to promote 
the safety of sex workers, but also to ensure that all people can experience the pleasure of sex, particularly those who may struggle to find a companion due to something like a disability. Do you agree? And, you know, if someone is considering hiring a sex worker or being one, what advice would you give them? Well, I've, I've actually just been working with a, um, a woman whom I met 20 years ago uh, through the Sexpo, which is the big um, um, ex- sort of like exhibition, ex- exhibition that they have. Uh, now, this girl is, is severely disabled. She has cerebral palsy. Now, she can mm-hmm. orgasm, but she needs somebody else to do it for her because she can't put her body in that position. And she wanted to be a sex worker, and it was just so sad that people in her building made a report on her because she was having um, men come to her to her flat and um, and so they stopped her from, from being able to do that. Um, but also Ella has got some experience of that. Well, over the years, Sarah, I've had so many clients come to see me wanting either to get into a similar field as myself or sex work. Mm-hmm. And I just want to distinguish the difference because it's really important. Like when people call me, Um, I really, the first thing I do is screen every call beautifully. And I come from a background of sales. I come from coaching background. I've done coaching for 20 something years. I'm a deep intuitive. So, you know, but I also understand the power of really having clarity in my integrity, having firm, friendly, loving boundaries that are unshakable. Yeah. So that that means I'm setting the client up and I'm setting myself up to know that I'm only going to align with clients that fit into the way that I desire to work, can be honoring of that, that kind of thing. I would tell anyone who wants to get into sex work or the industry, ask yourself why are you doing it? Be really present and conscious in the decisions you're making. Educate yourself absolutely. Educate yourself to the industry you'll be working in, to the standards, to health safety practices, to boundaries, to systems of alert so that you stay safe, protected for both the clients and yourself really good cleansing practices for mind, for body and energy because you literally, when you bring yourself into someone else's field of energy, let alone touch them, let alone have intimacy with that person, like bodily intimacy, you are taking on so many imprints and patterns of the other person. So it's so so important. Know your energy, know your power. Always important to get consent. Have great communication practices, as I said, like have your script, know that this person is ticking the boxes. When they come in, again, you've got to have a formula that holds you safe and sacred. You need to have absolute permission that you're granting permission, that that your client's granting permission. Um, And as I said, it all comes back, though, to having really amazing education available. And that's why Jan and I created this five series um, videos so that we can start here. And, yes, we do think that um, sex work should be decriminalised. Absolutely. So I just wanted to ask, um, I think this is one for Dr Jan, but where does hypnotherapy come into all of this? Because I'm curious as to how that actually works. Although I've tried almost every therapy in the book, um, I've had anxiety and depression. So I've had clinical psychology, group therapy, art therapy, and even horse therapy. I've never tried hypnotherapy. So how does that 
help people with their sexual life? Well, one of the things that really helps with is, is any kind of anxiety around um, the, the sexual uh, ex expression. And so, so many men and women have that anxiety, a lot of them due to those myths that Alice talks about so well. And um, so what you do in hypnotherapy is that you, you get them to use their imagination and suspend any disbelief so that they're actually feeling relaxed, enthusiastic, safe, uh, turned on, switched on, uh, and and um, and you're actually reprogramming them to let go of that anxiety. So that's how hip hypnosis helps. So Sarah, that look, I can actually add a little bit there. The imagination, because I use a lot of meditation and breath work, and and what you what you could definitely call hypnosis in my sessions too, because imagination is biohack technology. The brain and the body don't understand the difference between what's imagined and what's real. So literally, as you imagine something, you can be creating new neural networks from your brain to go into different places of the body and rewire and reprogram yourself. It is amazing. Does it have to happen in person or can you do it like through a virtual consultation? Yes, you can do it um, online nowadays, uh, anywhere. All you need is uh, to have that respect for the, um, the the situation, that it is a personal thing, that you are taking this person on a journey and um, and that you, you set up all those conditions. So certainly you can't make somebody do something in hypnosis that they don't want to do. That's that's another myth about hypnosis, that, that they, they do on, on stage hypnosis. So before I went out of, I, I, we we ran out of time, and I I honestly think I could talk to you both for hours, but I wanted to ask: Have there ever been any embarrassing or awkward moments between you, or are there boundaries that you can draw when it comes to talking about your own sex lives, or do you basically just tell each other everything? Well, I I preach I preach a, a saying that. There is the truth and the overwhelming truth. So the truth would be perhaps, look, yes, I've had herpes. You know, that's so important. But the overwhelming truth would be, and I've been with, you know, 500 people. So sometimes um, when Ella and I are talking about clients or or, or what, what possibilities we might recommend to them, I find that uh, Ella can be a bit overwhelming truth and I'd like to stick a little bit more with the basics that, um, yeah, so that's just one of the differences and we respect each other for that. Look, I, I definitely am more open, Sarah. I come from a different generation. I'm a permission granter, right? Like that's my, that's my role as a leader in this community is to step up and permission grants, permission grants, permission. I teach my own medicine. So what liberated me, I want to liberate my clients in the same way because I know what a profound impact that had on my life. Mum... It can be overwhelming for her. It's just different levels of permission. So we both respect each other and that is paramount. That's why it works, what we're doing. Um, and, you know, as I said, this is a step-by-step -step process. So clients will work with mum. She'll get their minds ready and in the game and understanding, shit, I'm more than my mind. Now I've come as far as I can and I can't solve this problem with the same mind that created the problem. So now I'm going to expand my knowledge and my my awareness and my wisdom and my experience 
to incorporate more of a holistic perspective. So I'm going to look at the body. I'm going to look at the breath. I'm going to look at the sound. I'm going to look at the movement. I'm going to look at the value systems and intentions behind why I'm doing what I'm doing to fully step into full pleasure, full power, full presence. It sounds like a, you know, a perfect combination. And I really hope that the message that you're sharing, you know, reaches beyond Melbourne, beyond Australia, and that other people in the world can, you know, really start to absorb it and Mm, to, you know, to claim pleasure for themselves because it's, you know, I guess as a human rights person, that's my passion, I really think that this is an element of who we are, our identity, our self-expression. I'm on, I'm on the same page. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for inviting us. Yeah, and being a sex goddess or a sex god man is your birthright. That's the other thing that Jan and I really, really want to encapsulate oh and gosh, share with the world. I love that. I love that. So where can our listeners find, you've already mentioned, so just to reinforce that, find out more information about your clinic in Melbourne and your work. Thank you, darling. So we have, if people are interested in the women's pleasure power, and that's not just for women but also the men who love them, it's about um, educating and liberating yourself through going through five different themes of like myth-busting sex, self-pleasure, self-care, fabulous orgasms for women, Um, what else? Sex talk, how to communicate with your partner. Male and female differences. And um, sexual hurts, yeah. which is uh, not not certainly not just um, hurts to the body, but but hurts to the spirit. mind, body, energy. Yeah. yeah. So you can go to www.pleasurepowerexperts or one word and there you can actually um, you'll be met with a super special to buy all five videos just for now for the really really special price of ninety nine. Yeah. And then if you want more info on myself, Ella, and how I work from a more holistic perspective, I've got clients all over the world via Zoom online. And in today's climate, um, all my sessions are online. And it doesn't matter if they're tantric or just coaching or liberation, whatever. Um, you know, the two things that turn me on most are business and pleasure. So the masculine, the business, the linear, get shit done, purpose, drive, confidence. And then pleasure being the more feminine, the activation of energy, energetic alignment, all of that. You just go to www.ellahall.com.au. Jan, for yourself. And for me, just go to, I've, I've got several websites and the one which is www.dr, as in dr, Janet Hall, all one word, .com.au. If people want to find me on Facebook, it's Ella Hall, manifesting coach and tantric goddess. <laughs> you can't miss me. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for joining us and for promoting the importance of pleasure because, you know, I'm all about that and I'm on board and I love your message of being, claiming your inner sex god or goddess, whoever you are. So again, thank you so much. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best and lots of wellness and pleasure in these crazy times at the moment. Thank you so much for having us, Sarah. We really appreciate you. Thank you for being a leader in your field and sharing this message with the world. At this time, this is what is going to help us connect more deeply and heal more quickly 
on an internal and external micro to macro level. Amen. We appreciate you. Yeah, here, here. Well, that has been another episode of Feminist Fridays for the week. So don't forget that you can download this podcast on Spotify. Uh, Just look for Feminist Fridays. Now we are going to end with another track that is all about female pleasure. It's uh, the 2001 R&B rap classic by Kia, My Neck, My Bag. All you ladies pop that thing like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't quit. All you ladies pop that thing like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't quit. Just do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it now. Do it good. Lick this just like you should. Right now, lick it good. Lick this just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. Into it, uh, don't stop, just do it, do it. Then you roll your tongue from the back up to the front. Then you get it all, keep me up on ya. Make sure I keep my eyes on ya. All over the club and stuff. A real player, show me so much love. The best love comes slow and long. Knows how to stay down on ya. All night to the crack of dawn. Real good, keep it coming strong. Through the night, making so much love. Dead sleep when the sun comes up. So lick it now, lick it good. Lick this just like you should. Right now, lick it good. Lick this just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. You might roll dubs, you might have G's, but so what? Play a get on your knees. A girl like me moans and screams. Though misses know what I mean. At the club so fresh, so clean. A girl hating fellas watching me. Standing out in the line so clean. With a unit on my face so mean. I got a big watch fella I need. To take me out, spend this money on me. You try me, I make you see. No other girl got nothing on me. So lick it now, lick it good. Lick this just like you should. Right now. Lick it good, lick this just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. So lick it now, lick it good, lick this just like you should. Right now, lick it good, lick this just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my just like that. My neck, my back, lick my. 